This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. Uh, with an online portfolio, which also is technically a website. <laughs> For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code CFN. Three letters, very easy. Not hard. Stands for Comedy Film Nerds. Hello, everybody. My name is Graham Melwood. I'm Chris Mancini, and we are on episode 202. This is a crazy week for episodes. It is. Well, we, well we're going to do three in a well, row. That, yeah. It's not as a crazy week so much as uh, because my dad was in town last week, I forgot to release uh, episode <laughs> 201. I was supposed to release it last Friday uh, with Stephanie Wilder Taylor, and so that happened uh, Tuesday. Um, so we thank you guys for all of your patience. <laughs> We're making it up. There's with, three, with three this week, that. and the whole Kickstarter. It's we've been. If you've listened to a any, little preoccupied, yeah. If you've listened to any podcast about anything in the last three weeks, one of us was on. Yeah, you've heard us. <laughs> <laughs> we've been on everything. Hockey podcasts. I'll yeah, do anything. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, literally. Like mm-hmm. if someone was like, "This one is a you know why Hitler had the right idea." Perfect. Let's yeah, get yeah, out there. See. Let's. Uh, put, is, there, is there time to plug anything there, at the end? We, will you put a link up on your Mindcom phone? page so we can <laughs> so we can get some kickstarter funds um so yes guys that ends very soon february 24th is like four or five days left there's not much time and in fact usa today picked it up too yeah so that's was really exciting usa today picked it up so there's an article in usa today yeah. about it if you go to the the, the facebook uh page uh, it's on the link is on there, or we also put it on Twitter as well. Was it, there a pie chart in the USA Today? <laughs> Not in the article, but I'm sure on, there should be on some homepage There's somewhere some in every home. episode there was a pie chart about yeah. shoes or something. Nice big full color, yeah. full color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, is, it is a newspaper for like kids. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it truly is. It's bright colors. Is it like uh, U.S. news? Is it like highlights? Yeah, the it, is, it is the highlights. It very much, <laughs> and is. there's nothing more than three chapters long. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Reader's Digest of. Oh, I know newspapers. None and of their articles are. Th- long there's very all. few where you have to like turn to another page too. No, right. It's right. Like you know, you you need everything right there, and it needs to be short. Yeah, there's yes. nothing yeah. more to see. There's sum so. it up, and there's a graph, and uh, yeah, and, and a sexy girl, and a yeah. <laughs> someone just they should just put that in any yeah. like Wall Street numbers, and there's just a yeah, girl, in, just a girl in a bikini. <laughs> That's very British, actually. <laughs> You know, in England, there's so many uh, women and breasts on all the newsprint in England. Wow. Well, You're looking at me like I'm strange. I'm no, serious. No, no, you know I don't we believe you. It's, believe it's you. very European. It's, it's a, very it's European, a, yes. I would say. Yes, <laughs> yeah. not just British. It's a way to do news. It's yeah. a way to do news. <laughs> New we, news. We shouldn't yeah. be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, we just do uh, lies and propaganda here. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd much rather see naked and, women during truth and boobs. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. naked right now. Yeah. She's naked. We're doing truth. It's a truth and boobs uh, episode of Comedy <laughs> Film Nerds. <laughs> so we want to thank USA Today for running the article. Yes! It's been fantastic. We really appreciate it. And you know what that means, too, is that as we wind down the Kickstarter, 
that this project is very, very visible, mm-hmm. and it will be a very visible victory for us, or a it's very be a visible. Victory. That's all yeah, we're going to yeah. say. <laughs> we're not even going to go there. Nope. Go there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So, we're going to shoot the movie. And we want to talk to you guys, too, about the Kickstarter. I know we talk about it every episode. We want to just make sure you guys know that uh, ultimately, I think it's going to come down to the comedy film nerds fans to put this over the top. Mm-hmm. We really need you guys, and we're looking at the numbers, and we know how supportive you guys are. And right now, it's only about 5 to 8% of our listeners have pledged right now. Mm-hmm. We really need uh, everyone on board with this, or it's, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not like we're going to have a plan B where we're going to pitch it and find an, another investor. I'm like, no, this is it. This is, this is it. Yeah. And, uh, if it doesn't fund, we're quitting. We're moving on. We're quitting everything. <laughs> so, like, are we making a suicide pact? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? It sounds like we're going to do I Melt With You? Yeah. Kind of a- <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hire a bunch of stars in a nice location and ruin a movie. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's wow. That's scary. That's the. Uh, that's very. That's uh, a very scary parallel. Yeah. That you just. So, and we're not looking. If you could do a big donation, great. That'll get us there quicker. But honestly, um, twenty-five bucks. Everybody listening right now, twenty-five bucks. Just pre-order the movie. It's not even really a donation as much. You just pre-order the the movie Should we digitally. Add, like a whistling bane T-shirt tier. Sure. Why not? <laughs> all right. All right. We, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in today. We'll put that in today. All right. Whistling there'll be a Whistling Bane, Bane t-shirt tier. Yeah. For $10,000. These shirts. These shirts are made by From Diamonds and Baby and uh, What about like a stripper gram? And, and Tom offered... Hardy's toenails. A pardon? Yeah. A stripper gram? Yeah. Have you offered like stripper grams? I'll come to your house, your place of residence. I will take my clothes off, do a little stand-up. I'll come to your house and do stand up. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get naked, but well, I'll do, do you want money or don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think right, he wants I'll, it that I'll bad. I'll take Chris. my shirt maybe, off. Maybe we're not as committed as we think. <laughs> maybe this, you uh... could either take one for the team yeah. or just quit. <laughs> All right, sounds like I'm going to have to sleep with a dude to get yeah. this to happen. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, finally, a little commitment. That's right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what we need lacking. to do. Yeah, is, uh, is deviant, horrible, sexual <laughs> you, uh, acts. Sort of half foot in, half out. Yeah, yeah, that you can, you know, why you can't be half pregnant. No. You know? We just want you. Dirty creep. We want you wearing a headset <laughs> and carrying a microphone. And I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and whistling the entire yeah, time. All right, while I'm having sex. So, with Kickstarter, man. ladies and gentlemen, this, um, you know, this took a dark turn. Yeah. That's <laughs> so the whistling bane tier. We'll um, we'll see about the other tiers, uh, but definitely we'll add the whistling bane tier today. And uh, we want to really uh, thank you guys again for all the support. Some of you have actually gone back and increased your pledges. We really appreciate and that as guys, well. all you guys, all of you guys that have donated have been like posting it on Twitter and Facebook, yeah. which has been so and, cool. And, and the other podcasters have yeah, donated too. Every, been, you know, Keith and the all, Girl, even Laura House. She doesn't even have story her own worthy. podcast. Story, story worthy. worthy exactly. Like everyone, the, the podcast community, it's been so cool to see everybody rally around this. Yes. That's been a very, very cool It has thing. been. So um, we just need everyone to hurry up a little. <laughs> because we more. yeah rally a little more hurry up because we only have about uh, five days left yeah so days. so thanks again guys um well let's introduce i guess you've already yes. heard her lovely voice um uh, she does do the story worthy podcast yes with um hannes finney finney, hannes finney. Mm-hmm. uh chris and i have both been on this show yeah it's, right. it's a great it podcast in, it was in last year's podcast festival ladies yes. and gentlemen christine blackburn Hi, welcome, boys. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not running this thing. You guys yeah, are running. But this it's thing. great welcome. to have you here. I know yeah. it's your, just your instinct is to say <laughs> yeah. welcome. Isn't that something? I know it's whenever. Yeah, whenever you do uh, another host. The, the the weirdest thing too is when we have C J Johnson on, 
and um, he literally does an episode for his podcast on our equipment, and we yeah. just give him the file. Oh, yeah. So literally, we're recording the exact same way, just he's running the conversation. So, it's, and it's a great way to do it. I realized, oh my is. God, what a great way to Smart. save time and, mm-hmm. and get multiple podcasts done. We should mm-hmm. just do that. Yeah, we should just go on everyone else's and just ask for a, a WAV file. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell our fans who have not listened to Storyworthy, tell them what the, what the show is. Okay, uh, Hannes, Finney, and I are the hosts, and uh, each week we have on a guest, mostly comedians and writers, and they bring to us a story. Uh, they just give me the topic. They email me the topic. I don't ever, I don't, I don't get the story ahead of time. I don't, I don't ask this to see the story. The guest just says, I want to talk yeah, about it, this. Exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, recently we had on a guy named Charles Freericks, a writer, and he has a, out a couple of books. And he wanted to talk about stalking, and he was, you know, he was stalked in Santa Monica, and it was so fucking fascinating. This story, it was wonderful. So, you know, f- we like to hear it fresh from their, you know, mouth right there. So they they give us the topic, and then we just use it. So there's never been a topic turned down, and uh, we go with whatever they want to talk about. And it turns out that folks generally bring their A story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's exciting. So uh, they talk, uh, they, they tell their story up to 10 minutes long, and we let them talk without interruption, and then uh, we talk about that story. We pick it up from there. The idea is that it's not long-form interview. It's more talking about that subject that they brought to the table. Do you get a lot of stalking stories? It's about 45 minutes long. <laughs> uh, no, we don't get a lot. Of, that was the first time. Oh, wow. In fact, okay. every story is different, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's ever going to be a repeat. Right. I think that must be terrifying, though. It's like a weird... When you get stalked, it's like a weird mix of terrifying and kind of flattering, you know, in a, in a weird way. It's, <laughs> you got to listen to this, you yeah. guys. Yeah. I, think, I think the flattery would start to fade yeah, yeah. pretty quickly. Well, but, I said terrifying first. Yeah. 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 The story where he's been doing better and better, and uh, our numbers truly have just keep going up and up, and it's mm. because we do have a lot of fans. It's a lot of word of mouth. Um, and following us on Twitter, of course, at Storyworthy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And now we're with the Sideshow Network, and that's worked out very oh, well nice. for us yeah, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. We recorded their studios in Culver City, but really, it's by the airport. Yeah. And, <laughs> we know. We've been there many times. And anyway, uh, no, but it's been great, and those guys are awesome and professional, of course, and uh, yeah. it adds a nice flair to the How whole thing. How do you thing. feel like the, the times, I think I've done your show twice? Yes, um, at least. At least, maybe three times. I think three, maybe. Um because one, we, we decided one, not one, to have anymore. Well, one we had to pull off the air. Um, that was so dirty. I know. <laughs> is there a lost episode of Storyworthy there with is, Graham Elwood? There might be. There was one. It's totally gone, though. It really is. Literally lost. There was, yeah, I, it had to get pulled. It was like, Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, but it was one of those things where, like, no copy could exist. Like, you had to erase everything and, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I a dad that's it. pulling every Playboy yeah, with his Yeah, exactly. You had to walk around the studio with a magnet. <laughs> yeah. I erased it to the best of my ability. But the internet is a funny thing. I'm sure some... Yeah, it's... Doesn't matter. Whatever. That, but, yeah, so I was... My question was... Um, do you find, because before it was like at your apartment, right? and now that it's at Sideshow, do you feel, has that changed the vibe of the show at all? Dude, it was so crazy to begin with. When they, you know, usually at my apartment, we would start recording at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night or even 9 o'clock at night. And I always had beer and I always had my guitar, my piano. I'm always playing. There's always music going on. I got a cat. I have good lighting, and it was just so comfortable. A lot of times I made fried chicken, so it was like a little party. People were sitting in the living room. You know, remember you brought a sandwich, Graham? (laughs) 
And it's just a really nice vibe. And so it was You brought one or Christine made you No, one? I brought my. Oh, you brought I brought yours. one of my vegan hippies. He smacked sandwich. me upside the head and he said, make me a sandwich, <laughs> yeah, bitch. It's like, put the guitar down, get in the goddamn kitchen. What is this? Ow. Clearly you have hippie food around here. Yeah. Make me something. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so we're going through that. And, and, you know, anyway, the point is, is that then I'm at Sideshow Network and we record at noon and it's a, it's a really looks like a radio broadcasting studio because it's just one large square table. Mm-hmm. Although Roddy Swear Engine, the executive director of Sideshow Network, his desk is in the corner. God bless him. He has to come in and out because, right. the, you know, there's no other off, office for him. But um, anyway, they put you in there and it's super cold, uh, super like a, a cold environment. There's no, uh, it's soundproof bad overhead lighting and you know go ahead be funny now go see ya <laughs> fuck me what do you want Diet Coke or water <laughs> well what I like is a Coors Light but I know you don't have you know. like sometimes they do have beers actually but anyway I adjusted you know cause I'm a professional I can fucking rise above it <laughs> <laughs> well let's uh, let's get into some movies because I, I really I, you know I it's one of those things where I really I didn't get a chance to see RoboCop. Uh, Neil saw it. There's a review on the site. I want to hear your take on okay. RoboCop. Well, first, what, what did Neil think of it? Uh, he <laughs> he was disappointed. Disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I. You know, we talked about on the show what the what we thought the trailer looked like. Yes. And. You know, the other thing, to be, to be fair, I should say, I saw the original RoboCop like a year ago. I think we did a, a Benson movie interruption in Jackson. Was that the first time you'd ever seen it? No, no. I, I'd said I'd seen it recently. Got it. Meaning, mm-hmm. um, because, let's be clear, the original is not a masterpiece. No, no. no. It's not a classic. It's not uh-huh. amazing. It was... Uh, kind of revolutionary at the time a little bit. Uh, it was over the top. But it, there there was one thing that made it rise above, and it was the same thing that um, everything from Starship, all these directors, Verhoeven's movies, they all have this satirical bent to them in a giant over-the-top action movie, and that's what made RoboCop stand out. Right, and he, and he was... Um, you know, showing excessive violence deliberately. Yeah, as kind of, commentary. As commentary on violent movies and our violent society. And RoboCop was like a distant, a, a near future, not way far in the future. Right. Mm-hmm. Like five, seven years in the future. And so, um, but you know, there's having watched it, like I said, within the last year, and that was the first time I'd seen it in probably 15 years or so. There's a lot of – it's slow moving. It doesn't hold up that well. Um, you know, it has very sort of stereotypical bad – like, that's a bad guy. You know, he's got a leather jacket and a ponytail. He must mm-hmm. be bad. You so know? you think it was worth being remade, as it were? I, I mean, I, I, sure. I, in, terms of, in terms of, you know, what you could do with it, but – because, again, it's not a masterpiece. So when people get all, like, treat a movie like – RoboCop, like some sort of sacred cow, I think you're being ridiculous. Um, so, like, when people are like, they ruined the Charlie's Angels movie, like, come on, like, it's Charlie's Angels. Um, so, so that's going into it, you know, and they, and they, they tried to sort of update, you know, what, what five, seven years in our current future would look like. And, 
Um, a new iPhone. A new iPhone, right? So it's like they're you know they're, 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 the the ro- the movie starts out and the robots are pacifying people in Iran, mm-hmm. and it's this very sort of scary. These giant gun toting robots are like security check, <sighs> and then. Uh, Samuel Jackson has got this sort of Fox News esque show where he says all these like Bill O'Reilly type things, um, and that's of course very over the top. And I don't know, you know, the movie had some okay moments. The point it was trying to make, um, but again, it was just being. I felt like it showed like gratuitous violence or just bloody, just to. Just to do it, like it did. I didn't feel like it was like trying to make a point, like Verhoeven was doing. Like there was no the the entire well from from the trailer. What I got is the entire satirical element was removed. A lot of it was. A lot of it was removed, and it was it was, um, you know, I, I they did some cool stuff in terms of the effects and technology that they obviously couldn't have done twenty five thirty right. years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of interesting, um, but then it, you know it got boring too. Like it was. I fell asleep during part of it. You, know, you, know what, you want to know why I didn't see it? Because I have a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> That's just not my kind of movie. It's hard for me to... There's just too many... Well, also my time is kind of precious now because I have a daughter, so I don't mm-hmm. just get a babysitter and go to a movie, right. you know? So I... Oh, oh okay. Well, yeah, let's, let's my be clear. Is a little... is, um, when you have children and you do get a babysitter, when you look through the list of movies... RoboCop is not at the top there of the list. <laughs> I wasn't doing this podcast. Yeah. I would not have <laughs> yeah. seen RoboCop. Yeah. Um, uh, Neil would have, but but that's why. Single guy. Yeah, There you go. Makes a big difference. Yes. Yeah. So um, now, but here's the thing too. I, I really feel like from what you've said too is like this was a missed opportunity. I mean, if you take all those mm-hmm. elements and made a really cool, again, maybe a 90 minute RoboCop movie with updates with the satirical element um, and the commentary intact, it might have been very interesting. And the other thing I was saying, I think I said this on another podcast too, there is a a large amount of stories still available. Like uh, Frank Miller wrote an amazing Robocop versus Terminator uh, comic book that would have made an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. And it has all those elements in it too, of like, because you have those hooks in RoboCop, like, how far do we get to with machines taking over, and will we actually merge with them? And these are great questions and great um, themes to actually explore. You know, and the director, uh, Jose, uh, or actually he's Brazilian, so Jose uh, Padilla um, did this movie, Elite Squad, and then he did Elite Squad 2, which I, I've seen. Uh, and they're, the Elite Squad movies in Brazil are sort of like... And Bus 174, which was a... Aren't they straight action movies? They're straight action movies. And they're about this elite squad going into uh, the favelas. And that's sort of a a hot button issue in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And then he did a documentary... um, uh, On Robocop? Bus, yeah. (laughs) Bus 174 about this guy, uh, I believe in Rio, who went on a bus route 174, had hostages, and how the police department... Oh wow! Made, did all these? So he's this—he's a pretty solid filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like he. So it seems like the whole thing was just to make a straight-out action movie. Make a straight-out action movie, and and I'm sure the filmmakers and the, the writers and everybody would would want to tell you that they were keeping all the satire in there, and and but it, it had some of it, but just not enough. 
Right. And I, right. again, I think you're right. It's a missed opportunity. You could have taken this original film that doesn't hold up and you could have really taken its essence and made it pretty spectacular. And then the... So I wonder how many more 80s movies are going to get ruined uh, with the remakes. Like uh, even Total Recall. Again, another missed opportunity. Right. I mean, another movie that was rife for an update and satire and it same thing. It has to get in the right... It has to get Maybe in they're the, all just doing Paul uh, Verhoeven movies. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it is. And they're just sort of just, just rebooting those. And I think you need a director. Again... This is probably, you know, this is obviously uh, this director's first like big Hollywood movie, right? So you need someone that's already sort of you established know, and skilled in that world, and because because here's the th- and we've talked about this to do a big budget movie. And this movie, this budget had like a hundred million. Oh yeah, it's not going to be a low budget. It's not going to be a low budget thing. So that is a huge, um, that's a huge thing to navigate. You know, and you're coming from Brazil versus now this giant system, and there's all these people telling you what to do. You got to get a director that kind of knows how to maneuver that. And, and or they sat on him too. Right. The other thing is, the, they were all on set, you know, watching every move. Right. Exactly. And uh, that's what I'm saying. You need a you need a director that has the kind of muscle to go. No. Right. I'm ju- doing it this way. And just and just get the action mm. in the can. Right. And not worry about um, Get any- the action yeah. in the can. <laughs> I want a t shirt that says that. <laughs> get the action in the can. And then there'll be like an arrow pointing to my ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's attractive. <laughs> Get the action in the can, yeah. and everyone just and and hashtag go, get the action in get the, the action out of the can. <laughs> Comedy it. film work, nerds get, get the, the action, action in the can. can. <laughs> that's that's got to be a quote. That's got to be one of your maybe top we'll, ten maybe quotes. Maybe we'll make that a Kickstarter tier. Yeah, get the action in the can. <laughs> Graham Elwood <laughs> will come to your home, and you'll get the action <laughs> in, in the, the can, can. <laughs> right now on the Comedy Film Nerds <laughs> Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> So let's talk about to. Um, so uh, I would I would not call this a work it. I would okay, let's, this let's is a talk about let's do about last night because okay. that's also a remake, of course, of 1986 Rob Lowe Demi Moore picture, which is a um, mammoth play called about sexual perversity in Chicago. Right, and that and that's where the Rob Lowe Demi Moore right. one took. But this one's in Los Angeles. Okay, and I really enjoyed. See, I always love enjoy. I always enjoy seeing Los Angeles in films, and this one really took place. Directly downtown within maybe a six-block area. I mean, oh, they nice. just highlighted, like, um, Broadway Cafe. Um, I can't think of some of the other places, but it was just right there, right by Staples Center and all that, in kind of the, the newly renovated downtown district. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of a neat thing. I like I liked seeing that visually. Um, and you know what? It, it, all in all, um, this movie, it's a draw. From the first one. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. They're both good. Hmm. Okay. I like the first one. I also like this one. How, you know, like, this one, I get the feeling from watching the trailer that it just sort of loosely kept the... Just the premise. The premise. Right, because this one's definitely raunchier. It's more quick-witted. It's fast. Well, the cast is black, too. So that's a whole, Mm -hmm. the whole cast. A lot of good acting. Joy Bryant, she's on Parenthood. All actually, right. and she's a good actress. Um, and um, who else is in it? Kevin Hart. He was right. the, he. Boy, his, he's star, boy, his star really is rising, man. Great. He, it sure is exactly. And uh, 
Yeah, he's consistently funny, and he's very sexy, if you ask me. Really? Yeah, he is. Um, But anyway, the movie about last night, yeah. um, Okay, so here's what I was going to say about it. It is, uh, the premise is like the first one, but the differences you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. So this one's a little bit raunchier, and also... um, Oh, I know what I was going to say. The director is Steve Pink. Steve Pink directed Hot Tub Time Machine, Machine, which I Mm -hmm. fucking love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie, too. I loved Hot Tub Time Machine. So this movie moves like that. It's quicker. It's faster. So this is like the original was kind of more of a romantic a movie about romance that had some funny elements and it like like uh, J- Jim Belushi was sort of just comic relief right. whereas this is a comedy yes like this movie was done okay here's John an example John Cusack have a comi- uh, cameo because I know he's good friends no. with no no but listen you know what's it's a, it's a good example is in the first one some of the some of the uh, once the couple got together Demi Moore and Rob Lowe once they got together some of their like problems were like um, where should they eat? So Monday night is sandwich night. Tuesday night is pizza night. Wednesday night we go out to eat. Thursday night we have, you know, so they had these stupid, so it was like really tame. And this one is much raunchier. It's much more, you know, there's sex in the bathroom. There's, nice. um, oh, there's a lot of too much alcohol for men and then, you know, things no not bothers. happening downstairs. Oh, so yes. there, it's raunchier, which I like. But that's, I think, is the Steve Pink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve Pink he has um, he's done High Fidelity. He did Accepted. He did Gross Point Blank, um, which I love. Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity and High, Hot Tub Time Machine. So that's cool. All right, cool. About last night sounds like uh, it's a draw, but maybe a little bit of a work it. Maybe a little bit of a hashtag work it. <laughs> you know, it's a good date movie. That's what it is. Oh, it's, cool. it's all in all, it's a good film. Okay. You'll enjoy your time. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> Look at that. So now I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Because you so, finally saw yeah, it. Yeah, I finally saw it. and um, Now that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, as good as the original. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, st- who started the original? Yeah, was yeah, that was, the- oh, no, it was still Matthew McConaughey, but it was Fighting Dragons. It was the, <laughs> it's the same movie. It's a remake. Okay, okay. Uh, so anyway, I, this was the, the, one of those weird movies that actually reminded me of a, um, a movie um, – that uh, I believe it was called a a single man was the one the Colin um, the Colin Firth movie that came out a couple of years ago. I remember that. A that sing- was a I great was movie. A that single was man. a great single movie. Man. Yeah. Now I I disagree. I thought it was a terrible. Oh, movie. Oh, I liked it. But it was one of those movies where you have a not a great movie that was put together, but an amazing performance mm-hmm. inside it. I thought like his performance in. That movie was great. And I thought Matthew McConaughey's performance in this movie was absolutely fantastic. I thought he was great. But I'm watching this movie, kind of checking my watch. I'm like, all right, well, nothing's really happening. We're not really getting anywhere. Really? Yeah. I really, I did, I thought the story progression was off. I really felt like you could have kind of gotten where you needed to go much quicker. And I, I thought the movie was about 30 minutes too long. But I thought the performances were fantastic. I just thought, as far as putting the whole thing together as a movie, I, I wasn't completely on board with. So I can see Matthew McConaughey winning Best Actor, but I think it has no chance for Best Picture. 
Really? Yes. Well, I agree with in- you. I agree with you. I mean, I liked it as a whole, but there was, there was such a huge subplot going on with the Jared Leto character. Yeah. And it was just like, why are we going down this path with this person? I mean, it was an interesting person, but it didn't have anything to do with Matthew McConaughey having that disease. Right. right. And, and, so and it was, how he was setting up the Yeah, the so it was just club. extraneous. I thought there yeah. could have been at least 30 minutes shorter. And his, and his performance was amazing, too. Jared he, Leto. He, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, both mesmerized. of those mesmerizing. people became those yeah. characters. Here's, what yeah. I, here's why I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, rela- the, the Jared Leto and the relationship there was key in showing the transformation that he has from uh, homophobic redneck mm-hmm. to actually having some – who's then homophobic redneck is just trying to save his ass – and make money in the process. He does not. That's all he's trying to do. And then even when when he's that scene where they're in the car, and you know he's basically just like I gotta make some money off these queers was his whole attitude. Yeah, and yeah. And I think the Jared Leto thing for me at least when I watch it, I was seeing um, Matthew McConaughey's character progression through that relationship because he finally starts to have some some compassion and understanding, but yet is still torn. That's the other thing that I found was 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 believable as a guy like that isn't going to suddenly just start going I love the gays I'm rainbow flags for everybody it's going to be a transition it's going to be a transition and he's still you know to his dying day is probably like you know I don't don't have a problem with some of those butt fuckers you know what I mean like he's never going to just because I've met guys like that you know that were just born in a certain environment or culture and they're homophobic or racist or whatever and then their, their heart opens up but there's part of them they just can't that's just not going to change mm-hmm. and to me that's where that relationship made sense i, I don't disagree with you uh, i just thought there was too much there and not enough on his story on what he was doing I and see. how it affected him but you know that those were all good points the other thing that i did like about this movie is that how it showed that how his life completely changed like your life is never going to be the same it's almost like well this happened to you 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 can't go home again. You right. may be changing, but none of your friends are, and right. none of your town is, and nothing else. You're now, you were one of them making fun of the other people. Now you're the outsider, and there is literally no empathy and no sympathy for you. You are now the outsider. Yeah, and that's that was part of the, the that was a great part about the journey is, <clears throat> is all of a sudden his, you know, he comes back and they write whatever faggot blood on his yeah. trailer. Oh. And it's like, Wow, he, and he's kind of having to rectify the fact that he would have done that yeah. to somebody else. You know what I mean? If somebody, if it didn't happen to him, he probably would have done that. And how now he's getting it, and it's so horrible. It's a transition. Yeah, they yeah. they they've changed. It's a transition. He can't be friends with those guys anymore. And the people that do understand him is a is a a cross dressing gay guy, right. <laughs> you right. know, so, who wants so, a sex change. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like. Uh, well, some people get it and some people don't. And you can't give your energy to people who are never going to get it. Right. You know, it, it's like an 80-20 factor, I always say. There's 20% of the people out there that get it. Really, 80% don't. So now you've got to find your needle in the haystack to find your 20%. Because most people, they're just not going to get it. I know. That's, and they make no effort to. That's why we podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're doing a documentary because 80% of the population doesn't know what a podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No more metaphors. They're depressing. I, I... It's true. Wow. What a bummer. Way to go. Um, um, so let's talk about Squarespace. I, uh, no. Sure. 
<laughs> no, I, I just want to say um, this movie is uh, – I, I, I did enjoy it. I thought, like I said, the, the story didn't really work completely for me, but I thought, like I said, the performances were amazing. The only performance that I was a little um, unsure of was um, the other doctor, the um, um, Jennifer Garner. And I'm watching her performance, and I'm thinking, okay, she, this is subdued. And I'm thinking – and then, okay, well, this is – still really subdued and now it's subdued to the point is i don't know anything about this character now like i wanted a little more from her character whether it was written that way or directed i don't know but something was off about that character and the way it fit into the story so uh but all, overall like i said I, I can totally see him winning for best actor mm-hmm. absolutely right. and i can totally see jared Let, uh little winning yeah, for yeah. uh for uh supporting okay it's, it's a strong field it's yeah, probably yeah. the best picture is probably going to go to 12 years of life but I, I or, think or, or I think you're right. I, I think it's going to go to 12 years, yeah, and yeah. then, uh, uh, and I think director's going to go to. Well, we'll talk about this with Doug Benson tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, but I think um, Gravity will win best director. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so I want to talk uh, briefly about Squarespace. Like you guys, um, uh, we had talked about before. This is a, a great opportunity to get your website and your business out there. It's cheap. It's easy. It's drag and drop. It's 24 seven support. But you know what we found out too, you know, because we've got a lot of tech savvy. Um, uh, listeners, there's a developer API. Like, if you wanted to do a little bit more, you don't want it as easy. Squarespace has you covered there too. You could actually get the developer API and do a little more robust things. And uh, you know, th- there's an old phrase with uh, video gaming code to the metal, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where you can really get in and tinker right, if you right. really want to. Um, so, and like we said, you get 10% off uh, your first purchase, and all you have to do is go to squarespace.com. What's our filmmaker profile? And uh, CFN. Remember, the user code is CFN. Now, the filmmaker profile, uh, the Squarespace filmmaker profile is holdupheart.com, and this is by Edward Kinnery Ostro and Justin Zeeby. It's actually directed by uh, Justin Zeeby. This is a dark comedy that takes a twist on everyone's worst nightmare running into the X. And uh, if you go to the website, you can check out the movie when Jeff robs his local liquor store. He expects to get in and get out. He's an assistant manager, not a professional hitman. So I believe this is a short. But now I will say, because we do have a lot of filmmakers listening, I can uh, honestly say this, while it's it's set up properly in Squarespace, it needs more information. This filmmaker's uh, site, uh, I want to let you guys know, you need more. You need a trailer. We need to know um, if it's a short or a feature. And we need just more information about the film. So that's one of the things that uh, when you go to the first festival, um, the first thing that they tell you is like how to set up the website. There's always like a PR person and there's always like a talk. Here's what you need to do. And this is uh, one of the first things you need with any film, short feature, is when someone goes to your site, I want to see a trailer right away. Right. So that's the first thing you need. Um, so, but other than that, uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing this movie. It looks fun and funny and, uh, you know, wish those guys the best of luck. Holdupheart.com, the Squarespace filmmaker profile. You know, if you're a filmmaker out there and you're thinking about, you know, you want to do this, you know, one of the reasons we're doing the filmmaker profile is obviously to promote Squarespace, but also for you to, as the filmmaker to see what's out there, Yes. what you need to do. And, and, you know, like this, this movie Looks interesting. They've got filmmaker profiles in here in which you can find out who these filmmakers are, and they just need a little more content. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to open it up a little bit more, too. If you're a film composer or a DP or anything like that, and you did your website in Squarespace, send that in, too, at info yeah. at comedyfilmnerds.com. We'll profile uh, um, below the line and above the line. Whatever yeah. uh, whatever you guys have that's film-related, you know, we'll look at everything. Um, so, Okay. So now we want to talk to uh, Christine about uh, what, what do you 
you want to talk about? You want well, to talk no, about? You worked on a film, right? Yeah, yeah I want to talk, talk about, about a film that I worked on in two thousand. Seven. It could have been 2008. It, uh, it was a Ricky Gervais film, and it was supposed to be called The Invention of Lying. But I believe it ended up being called This Side of the Truth. Will you look that up, Grim? The truth. No, I think it was, it was called- supposed to be The Invention of the Lying. The Truth About Lying or something like that. Yeah, but I then they changed it. But um, what's so Didn't funny about well. I, uh, my husband at the time was working on the film and he was going to be in Massachusetts for, you know, two, three months or whatever, about two months, maybe even, maybe even just the seven weeks. The Invention of Lying. The Invention of Lying. Yes, that's it. Well, that was what it was supposed to be called or that's, that's what? The, that's the title. That was the title. Okay. The Invention of Lying. So anyway, my husband was a gaffer on that film and uh I, we had a baby, so I wanted to take the baby to see him. And I also, I do a little acting on the side, as it were. <laughs> and uh, he got to talking to Linda Obst, the producer of the film, mm-hmm. and said, you know, my wife is going to be coming to, with the baby, and you know, we could hire her as a local if you have any parts. And she said, let me see some pictures. And she's, you know, my husband got some pictures. I forget, if, I forget how that happened. But anyway, then um, she called me. She goes, okay, great, you're coming, we'll have you, come on in, we'll do a wardrobe, da da You're the attractive cave woman. That was what it was called, attractive cave woman. And it was literally a scene in the movie where Ricky Gervais is, we're all cave people, okay? Mm-hmm. We're in a rock quarry in Massachusetts. And the scene is, the village, everybody, there, there's, a, there's a big beast that's, that's, haunt, that's um going to be, a, is in the village, like a beast, an animal, we don't know what it is. And uh, everybody in the village, everybody, all the cave people are scared. And Ricky Gervais, everybody always makes fun of him. I forget why exactly as that cave person, but he ends up. Oh God! It was so it was so ridiculously convoluted. It was like the the beast fell and he pretended that he killed it, even though it really just fell. The you know this big crazy bull thing just died. It was this big animal and Ricky Gervais claimed to do it and so all the villagers, everybody was like, yay, he's the hero. And then he got to go away with the pretty girl. That's the point. I'm the pretty girl. I'm the attractive cavewoman. So anyway, it's the day of shooting. We shot for three days in this rock quarry and what's so interesting about what we were doing in that rock quarry is the other actors with me at that time, who I got to spend days with, were Jonah Hill, Jeffrey Tambor, Rob Lowe, uh, Louis C.K. I shit you not. Nice. And we're all, and I'm like the only, and, and everybody, we're all in cave people out, makeup and took a long time to get into makeup, like five hours. Mm-hmm. Hair extensions, um, teeth, you know, really a lot. It was, it was pretty gross actually. Um, anyway, we're for all, one gag in the for movie. one stupid gag <laughs> that got cut. Yeah. Although it is in the DVD, you nice. can see it in the DVD extras, right. Mm-hmm. And anyway, that whole scene though got cut from the film. And I think that's when they changed the name of it from this side of the truth to the invention of lying or whatever. Um, but Ricky Gervais was really kind of a jerk to me, you guys. What? No, I can't believe I'm that. I'm not That's kidding awful. you. Listen, here's the scene. He is supposed to come close to me, and he nods. Now, we're all going like this. Uh, 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 because we're cave people. Jeffrey Tambor was so fucking good. I can't even tell you what a pro. And there was so much downtime, as there always is. And Jeffrey Tambor was like giving, he was joking around, but giving lessons to all of us. There's like 50 people in this field, all cave people. And then there's us, like the primary 10 of us are in the Mm -hmm. front. 
And he's saying, okay, if I go, uh, you go, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was leading. This, it was super fun. <laughs> and Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe and I chatted, you know, 45 minutes. Jonah Hill and I chatted. You know what we chatted about? The Simpsons. Rob Lowe? No, no. <laughs> we, that would have been Isn't he though. beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that was that conversation. Uh, yeah. uh, we chatted The Simpsons nice. for hours. I know. It's so um, such a common theme to just go to The Simpsons, isn't it? Yeah. It's been on for how many years It connects now? us all. Tw- like 25 it, years? It, it sort of like connects us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, okay, quickly. So, or, uh, quickly or not quickly? Uh, however, however the story goes. Tell the story. <laughs> Ricky Gervais uh, is supposed to you know, grunt to me and come over to me. Anyway, we're standing very close, me, Ricky Gervais, and the director. And he would say to the director... Tell her I want her to look away when I do this. I'm standing right there. I'm so close to him. I'm closer than I am to either of you right now. Mm -hmm. And then the director would say, hey, Christine, so if you could just kind of look away and do it, he would just repeat the action to me. He wouldn't just talk to me directly. And then he has to touch me and everything because we walk away arm in arm Mm -hmm. and then we walk into the cave together. Like we walk into a, like we're going to go have sexy time on this blanket Mm -hmm. in the cave. And uh, even though we were directly in the scene together, he never looked me in the eye except except when we're in our dialogue, which was Mm -hmm. just... Uh, 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 you know, whatever. And he um, only talked to the director. It was weird because they're credited he, as, as co-directors. Matthew Robinson and Ricky Gervais are credited as, as, as co-directors. But that is peculiar that he would do that. Especially if you're a co-director. Why would you need... It's because, like one of the Cohen brothers telling the other Cohen well, yeah. brother to tell Well, that was a funny thing. Around. Like I was about to semi-defend him and say, well... I can understand if he's not the director, he doesn't want to like come across like usurping the director's authority mm-hmm. and saying, you know... Because then it's like then it's like he he would be coming across as directing the scene, right? So I would I could see him going. Hey, listen, this was his first uh, forte into filmmaking. He had come from the office and all the television, mm-hmm. but not filmmaking. And I remember, I mean, look, just through the you know the rumors on set. I mean, he made such sophomore such freshman errors like this uh he would say let's just cut right now and we'll just come back and do it later and they would say well we can't ricky because the, it'll be different the light will be different then and he goes well if we do it at, what time is it now 12 p.m if we do it at 12 p.m tomorrow what's the difference <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's not right wow that's amateurish. Yeah, that is. That's he doesn't know what he's doing. And he never went over to the extras because there were a lot of cave people extras. Uh-huh. He never talked to them. He was never, you know what I mean? Whereas Rob Lowe saying hello, Jonah Hill saying hello, right. Jeffrey Tambor saying hello. You know the best advice in everything is whether it's filmmaking or not. If you don't know something, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You know, there's there's people like oh I don't know DPs and directors that kind of know. How to yeah. shoot a scene right. if it's your first time on a movie set? You just ask them. Yeah, ask them. Or let them be, hey, here's a great way. Hey, can we wait uh, another couple hours? We'll know the lighting will be different. Okay, got it. No, he, would, it. he never would give up authority. He wouldn't, he yeah, would always. See, yeah. that's an ego oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. What a crybaby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. And Louis C.K. just kept standing around saying, what the fuck are we doing? I can't believe we fucking went through all this makeup for this. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. It was really interesting. So. That's funny. All right. So other than that, it was a good experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, I had my own trailer. Oh, and, that's And also cool. I had my baby. And so they hired a nanny for me for the day. Wow. To be with the bear two days. Mm-hmm. To be with the baby because she was... I think she was like, she must have been a year and four months. So kind of a toddler, but very young. I mean, diapers, totally. Yeah. And on the door, it said, 
uh, Christine Blackburn, attractive cave woman and child. Oh, that's cute. Did you take a picture of that? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) I have, yeah, you know, it was was a lot of fun. So that was a good experience. Hey, you Actually, you know what? Do you have it on the computer? Um, That would be a great thing to post on our Facebook page for our our guest photo. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Send us that. Sure, you bet. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, All right. Well, let's Let's go to DVD and Blu-rays because there's only one, and I don't think anyone's going to see it. Battle of the Damned? Battle of the Damned. Dolph Lundgren fights zombies. Wait a minute. What's why not the you, love? Why would you not want to see that? Yeah, what, what's what, not the love? I'm sorry, sir. You buried the lead. Uh, here's something on a DVD. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren fights zombies. That's it. I'm sold. Book it. Like, <laughs> Done deal. Hashtag work it. I'm, I'm all about Battle of the Damned. Well, you know, then you will be uh, well well served on DVD and Blu-ray you know this year. I would, I, would, I would not complain if I had Dolph Lundgren's career. No. You know what I mean? He did it. I think he was, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he hates it. I don't know. But it seems like to me, just from an outsider, he went, okay, Rocky, whatever it was, four. Um, and he said, I'm going to just make these low budget, have a nice career. He did the first Punisher movie. Yeah, man. And, and you know what? He was the Punisher. When you watch yeah. that movie, you're like, oh my God. He's he the is, Punisher. Yeah. And he's done all these, whatever, Scorpion Fighter, whatever. Yeah, he's the, Scorpion. Uh, uh, whatever those. He's done a million of those. And it's like, wouldn't that be? It's sort of like car crash, gun brigade. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. It's explosion, titty bullet. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, those were great. Um, because wouldn't it be? It's sort of like he gets the best of both worlds. He gets to make these movies that are fun. I'm sure a lot of the scripts, he's like, oh Jesus. But you get to be a movie star. But he doesn't, you know, TMZ isn't bugging that dude. There's right. No paparazzi. <laughs> right. In house. other words, you're making a career. You're having a good career, right. a beautiful home, beautiful house, sure. you know, parties and yes. dinner parties and restaurants. And, Send your kids to private school. And, but nobody get, nobody pays you mind. Nobody gives a shit. There's it's a, a like, beautiful thing. Yeah. There's plenty of working actors. It seems to be in a lot of America. I'm from Pittsburgh and a lot of the Midwest anyway. It seems like people think that you are either. George Clooney, you're a failure. George Clooney, yeah, yeah. They don't, That's it. You know, and if you. Say if you say they say what do you do and you say I'm a comedian they say oh have they, have you been on David Letterman or have you been on the Tonight Show like they automatically go to like they only think very big and broad that's it well they no I mean I, I remember I remember you know people referring to like uh, the a, opposite's true too if they see a comedian on Letterman oh well, he must be a millionaire yeah it's like, oh, <laughs> oh they got a, course, got a thousand bucks yeah <laughs> and what did uh, Henry Phillips said is like just because you're on TV doesn't mean you're going to make your rent this month yeah. <laughs> It's, it's absolutely true. And a lot of times also they only think that the people involved are the actors and the directors. They don't understand there's 100, 150 people behind the scenes making that, right. making that whole thing tick. And you can – it's like honestly, it's, it's like – I mean – There's people that are never on set too. You right. know, there's a, a – I mean accountants and people, you know, yes. lawyers that never go on the set. Playing they don't lawyers. know anything about the – and producers for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, who gives the money? You can make a decent living doing this. And, you know, you don't just, they think like unless there's like red carpet, which is like, you know, one one thousandth of a percent of the people who work in right. Hollywood is in that category. It's like I get unless up in the morning. Unless you count the people that work for the red carpet company. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they think like you get up in the morning, you go to brunch with your, you know, movie star friends, maybe down in Malibu, you yeah, know. You take a you take a limo. I have right? lunch well, with Sandra Bullock. And then I, I usually, you know, go to a red carpet affair and then. You know, All this sounds great. <laughs> sounds amazing. And it's yeah, just, it sounds it, the people don't realize that acting in this world of show business, it comes in very small bites. 
Okay, so it's only like a couple of weeks here, a couple of hits here, a couple of hours here. And then the rest of your day is going to Albertsons, buying toilet paper. I got to put my shoes on. I got to comb my hair. I mean, in other words, it's very regular, isn't it? It's a very Dressed mundane like a world. Man. Yeah, Dressed like a caveman. Yeah. Dressed like a But then there's these little shots of adrenaline, which right. is great. But that isn't the whole picture. Yeah, I saw John Cryer in a... When we we got a new office chair, by the way. It is a dream. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's a dream. Yeah. And I saw it took John... took me two days to put it together. Yeah. But yeah. I told you, spend 10 bucks. They yeah. built it for you. like, no, I'll do it. I was I'll like, all right, pal. That was fun. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw John Cryer just walking around Staples... You know, looking for envelopes. Sure, why not? And tape. Mm. You know, and I'm sure for his resumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Staples. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. sending out resumes. Like, I don't know if this two, two don't and a half. I know if they've men. heard of me. Yeah, he's, stu- he's, he's still doing like the eight by ten glossies. Yeah. Pa- yeah. he's got staples on the back with his resume. Special skills uh, can drive an automatic vehicle and a standard. Oh. Yeah, special skills can put up with Charlie Sheen. Uh, <laughs> and now Ashton Kushner. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about premiering uh, this week. Okay, so we're split on Battle of the Damned. Graham is excited. I think it looks terrible. <laughs> I think it's going to be... Normally, by the way, big guy with a gun fighting zombies, I'm usually on board. But yeah. I saw this one and I was like... Mm, this... Come on. All right, all right. You know, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You you, have to this go could with... be the diamond in the rough. You have to... It's not going to be a good movie, but it's going to be <laughs> awful for all the right reasons. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. You could be right. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, how many... There should be an over under on how many like I'm Zakua or whatever like <laughs> last lines he's gonna have like looks like he took a one way trip. When he, I should, must break you. Yeah, exactly. You can play all sorts of drinking games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren drinking games. Um, uh, okay, so premiering this week, Pompeii. Now I don't boring. know. I, I don't know where <laughs> or what if there's some kind of boring. studio in Europe that's funding these absolutely horrible like these sword and sandal epics because we've had all of these come out and they've all done horribly like hercules came out was a disaster right and uh but but they're like they keep coming out like they, and they're not small budget movies they're <laughs> big budget movies and you just put a bunch of pretty people into a uh into a movie with very little clothing give a few of them swords a few of them gowns and put them in front of a green screen and they expect all oh, these movies are going to be amazing and they're all terrible so but but they keep coming out and it's but it's all about then this actual event that happened where oh, I'm sure I'm sure it will be very historically also, accurate. They don't, they don't Pompeii, mind yes. that it goes straight to DVD because it's going to do well, well overseas. These aren't these are these are theatrical movies. I know, no, but this, then they're going to go to DVD and they'll yeah. make their money back then. And it's overseas make, sales, really. They, they will, but even movies like um, you know Forty Seven Ronin, which cost a fortune mm-hmm. to make, they really expected that to be huge. You know, Keanu Reeves in this giant samurai epic with monsters and no one cares. But can I just tell you, I think a lot of those sorts of movies truly sell on the tableau later down the line when I think they make the money on the DVD sales. Because people overseas, they don't they don't care. They just want an American. They want sexy time. They want weapons. <laughs> Some of that is true. Some of that is I true. I think a lot but, of that but is these, true. But these movies sexy time and are... Are such high budgets. Like if you are a good example of that is Battle of the Damned. Mm. You know that was not a two hundred million dollar movie. So you have like a lower budget movie, and then they do very well and make their money Mm -hmm. back. But when you have like a two hundred million dollar, you know, Keanu Reeves disaster, even with all the money it's going to make overseas, it's probably not going to make that much. Especially even in Japan, where it's set, they rejected it immediately. Hmm. Well, it's Paul W. S. Anderson is the director who did the Resident Evil and Resident Evil Afterlife and Alien vs. Predator. 
And Death Race. So he has a <laughs> fine uh, pedigree. You know, I, I loved one of those Resident Evil movies, and I can't remember which one. It was the one that came out right before the last one that was right. a disaster. Uh, uh, maybe it was four. The Kiefer one, Sutherland is apparently in Pompeii, and yet nobody... They This is not... Well, it's a cameo. He plays the wizard that brings down the volcano. Yeah. Speaking really? of uh, mundane yeah, things, yeah. speaking of mundane things that celebrities do, I saw Kiefer Sutherland a couple months ago at the ATM smoking a cigarette, hmm. getting money out. So there you go. Look at this; he's a regular guy. Yeah. Celebrities do the same things we do. Graham, did he bring his own sixty yeah. cigarettes and sixty dollars? Did he bring uh, his own apple box? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that's low, yeah. especially for your size. I yeah. mean, God damn. <laughs> But I'm not an action star. Well, uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, let's talk about the next movie, Three Days to Kill. This is uh, the Kevin Costner thriller movie that... Uh, I'm in. Uh, okay. I'm okay, in, cause, really. Because uh, Kevin go. Costner, Sexy Time? I, I think... So. I, you know what? I'll, I'll go there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will go there, mm-hmm. Chris Mancini. <laughs> so, uh, this is the kind of movie that could obviously go either way, but we still are in the February dumping ground, so you wonder how good it is. Hmm. Well, uh, it was directed by Mick G, so you know it's what? amazing. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if the edits will be quick. Oh, Mick G. And, uh, there'll be is that some, a sandwich or a person? Some cars, uh, it's a sandwich. I hope there'll be some cars drifting. Um, uh, well, he directed the OC, so that uh, was great. Oh, the first Charlie's Angels, I believe, too. Yeah, uh, he directed the TV. He was a music video director. So, okay, now the one movie I really want to talk about and I'm really excited to see is The Wind Rises. Now, this is the animated movie about the, look, uh, about the life of uh, Jiro... Horikoshi, the man who designed Japanese fighter planes during World War II. Now, this is um, uh, Miyazaki's last animated movie. He is actually um, retiring officially this time. He's been retiring. You know, he retired like Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is my last book. And then, you know, five more books come out. Uh, But this one really, everyone's saying this is is his last movie. And the trailer looks amazing. It looks like a beautiful movie. It's getting great reviews. It's already uh, nominated for an Academy Award. Wow. Wow. because it had a limited release last year of literally like a couple of days. It's mm-hmm. so hard to find these movies. But it is coming out this weekend, and I can't wait to see it. Now, I will, I'll probably preview it before I bring my daughter because it is PG 13. And I was reading about it, and there's like a, an extended earthquake scene, and then there's scenes of also of uh, world, war violence. So I want to make sure it's appropriate for her. So I'll watch it first and then see. Because there are movies, like a movie like Princess Mononoke is other PG-13 movie, is not one I would show the kids yet. There's because an amazingly can push the envelope, PG-13. It can get yeah, really yeah, close yeah. I mean, to the line. There's a lot of line. heads that come off and limbs, well, and it's a the, violent All of the movie. Batman Dark Knight movies are PG-13. You're like, yeah, that's yeah. so violent. Yes. Yeah. And especially with animation when you don't expect it. Um so I want to watch it first, and but it looks I, I can't wait. I'm going to be seeing well, it Friday. A lot of the 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 voices for the American version are JGL, our hashtag JGL, our very own hashtag mm-hmm. JGL, <laughs> um, and John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. It's a it's a nice lineup. Um, that yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I think it, it looks. Is fantastic. it going to be a wide release, or is this going to be kind of hard to find? Uh, it's they're always hard to right. find these okay. movies. Unfortunately, like like technically for this movie, it's wide for it, uh, but you'll probably have to end up seeing it in an art house. Okay. 
All right. Because they also don't do on demand. Because uh, the other thing that makes me think it's a little more violent is Disney releases all his movies mm-hmm. in this country. And this one is not on the Disney brand. They actually brought back Touchstone hmm. for this to release it. And I haven't seen that brand, what, years? Wow. I haven't seen the yeah, Touchstone Yeah, I haven't movie. seen anything by then. So, so that, that means that there might be some stuff that's not kid-friendly in the movie. All right. Hashtag JGL guys, work it. Yeah. Uh, See the wind rises. Wind rises, work it. And Dolph Lundgren at Fighting Zombies. Yes. At Storyworthy. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. Uh, all right. Well, that is our show, you guys. Uh, thank you so much, Christine, for being on the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Plugs? Where? where Storyworthypodcast.com and on Twitter at Storyworthy. Nice. It's a great show. It really it stands apart from other storytelling shows. If I do say so myself, I dig it. I dig it does. It. Yeah, I like yeah. The format you still do the wheel. Thanks. Oh yeah, we do mm-hmm. the shotgun story worthy. It's a mm-hmm. game show where you spin the story worthy wheel of truth and you tell a one minute story on the topic that it lands. Yes. And the stories recently, a lot of people have been coming up with virginity, and it's really funny how it is. It is so easy to tell your virginity story in one minute. Like anybody can do that. I'm still a virgin. <laughs> then you don't have the story. <laughs> and by the way. That podcast we pulled had something to do with that, so we don't, let's not go there. <laughs> anyway, folks, yeah, it's a great show, and I appreciate your time today, you guys. Hey, oh, thanks for being great on to the have show. you. Um, well, I uh, forgot to do this at the top of the show, but I wanted to thank everybody that came out to see me in Ventura and Santa Barbara this past weekend. Uh, it was really fun. Hmm. The shows were cool, and everyone that came to UC Santa Barbara's uh, Laughology, which is a show they've been doing for years, it's really cool, and they give all the like all the. Uh, Comics that are in college, this is where they get to perform and oh, stuff, cool. which is cool. I, mm-hmm. I was I was eighteen. I was a freshman in college when I started doing stand up, so it's 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 really cool to watch. Um, so thank you everybody for doing that. Of course, Kickstarter dot com yes. slash earbuds, and you'll be able to hear us on every single podcast <laughs> over the yeah. last. Uh, uh, we have a couple more coming up too. Actually, we're going to be doing a naughty show and. Um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so those are the last couple ones. Uh, and then I just did uh, Sklar Brothers, which I think just released. And I'll drop on uh, Jimmy Pardo, Never Not Funny, on Who uh, Sunday. Love yeah. them, yeah. love them, yeah. love mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So so look for us. And, of course, you can just go to ComedyFilmNerds.com, and there's a banner ad at the top of the homepage to yes. click through. 25 Beans. Thank you. Tell your friends, guys, and and yeah. all, anyone who already has donated. Man, thank you so much. Yeah, we it got, means a lot to the us. The emails and stuff we've been getting about how, what podcasting means to you is really cool. So when when this funds, when this funds, we're gonna have an awesome. We're gonna get some great interviews. It's gonna be gonna be awesome. So um, check that out. Uh, I will be in Irvine, California. Um, Wednesday, uh, February 19th, which is tonight, with um, Murray Valeriano's Comics on Safari, which is myself, Monty Hoffman, and, or excuse me, Monty Hoffman, Monty Franklin. Uh, How's he to work with? He's, he's great. Monty Hoffman's <laughs> great. He's a great comic. Um, Monty Franklin and uh, Joe Pip were all stand up comics who also surf. So that show is at the Irvine Improv Wednesday, February 19th. If you um, are thinking about you wanting to go and uh, surf, and surf. Um, Email me. I can probably hook you up with some tickets. Oh, snap. You heard it. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, and, of course, then that is everything that we're doing as I look at the calendar. Oh, we're yep. going to live tweet the Oscars. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. That's March 2nd. So we'll mm-hmm. be live, great. live tweeting the Oscars. And maybe go. after the episode, or after the Oscars, do an immediate uh, wrap-up. Ooh. That's what we did uh, two years ago. Yeah, immediate wrap-up. Last year I was on a cruise ship. Yeah, this year, if you're available, let's do it. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. Immediate Oscar wrap-up, March 2nd. I Mm -hmm. love it. Um, All right, guys. Thank you so much for everything that you do. 
Um, thank you once again to Christine Blackburn. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.